Hey, listeners. Uh, as promised, here is part two of our interview with Eric Strong. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to What Do You Bring to the Table? All right, we're back after a little break. Got a snack, got a leg stretch, ready to go. Um, we're going to put Eric into the give us your opinion about this story because he's at the table. So we're going to do a couple stories with him and see what he yeah. has to say about it. So Sylvia's got the first one. Stay with us longer, other than our last guest who was here who quickly had to go off to do his housework. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to give him, give him, the, give him the what's for that you 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 were you made it longer. So yeah, he All had right. to go do the, the you know the the uh, husbandy duties, I guess. Uh, I'll make sure uh, okay. I remind him about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I gave him grief for it. Um, so this article comes from BlackEnterprise.com. It came out June sixth, so recent. Uh, This is after stating, quote unquote, no good person of color has been killed by police. California mayor resigns. A Southern California city mayor has resigned after apologizing for an email that he wrote that stated he didn't believe there's, quote unquote, he didn't believe there was has ever there's ever been a good person of color killed by police officer, according to the press press. the press empire or the press uh, the press enterprise temecula mayor james stewart was responding to an email where he was asked what he was doing about racism and police violence this was a content of the me- email according to the press enterprise quote unquote as you know the city of temecula does not have its own police department We contract with Riverside County Sheriff's Department, and I don't believe that there's ever been a good person of color killed by a police officer, so I'm kind of confused what you are looking for. Of course, racism is not expected or tolerated in the city of Temecula or any other surrounding areas that I know of for sure. I have several good friends who are African Americans, and they love living here because how safe it is for them and their families. Stewart claims he didn't write quote unquote, write the word good in front of person of color, instead blaming voice texting it to inserting the word. <laughs> so you are so you all are going to hear about this. I sent a voice text last night to a person concerned about our police officers and their sensitivity training. I am very well known for my dyslexia, so I so I voice text everything. Unfortunately I did not take the time to proofread what was recorded. I absolutely did not say that. What I said is, I don't believe there has ever been a person of color murdered by police on on context to Temecula or Riverside County. 
Opinions, people. Opinions. Mm. Who who gets to go first? You're you our can, guest. Sir, you're our guest. <laughs> Speechless. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, several things come to mind. Um, of course, nobody. Oh, I can already see you're you're uh, gonna give the goodness. You you you're bringing out goodness. No. Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna say, of course, nobody ever wants to be outed or exposed for saying something inappropriate. Right. You know, uh, voice to text, you know, these text messages is autocorrect. Absolutely. It happens to me all the time. But oh, I, where it I, adds a word in there? What's that? Where it adds a word in there? No, no, but that was going to be my next point. But then I, I guess my next question would be, what could re be replaced with good? Uh, in other what? words, are you saying that there was never a person of cover, color killed by the police? I mean, if you took good out, um, you know, and then all those other words that he added later to clarify weren't in there. You know, I, I, I believe that there's a level of ignorance. I believe that there's a level of arrogance to put that into a text message or... Uh, you know, I'd like to see the whole conversation to be able to really put it in context, you know, and sometimes the media can, you know, get us wound up about things. Um, if that's truly what he meant and that's truly what he said, I'm glad he, re I think you said he resigned, right? Yeah, he resigned. Yeah. I'm glad he resigned because that's not somebody I would want representing, you know, my community or I think should be representing any community. Um, but I think that is... Uh, I don't doubt that that kind of stuff exists in the world. Those kind of mindsets exist in the world. So I guess my question to him would be is, did have any good people, good white people ever been killed by police? I mean, what do you mean? So all black people throughout history are bad, you know, and, and you know, the police is only killed. They've never made a mistake or, or are you basically also saying that if they're killed by the police, they're obviously not good. Which one, you know, and I, I will, I will stand and say they're good to somebody. I bet I'm sure somebody's parents mm -hmm. would say they're good in their family. They're good. to their, I don't know. Yeah. That just, that, that kind of baffles me right there. Yeah. Tori. Well, I mean, <laughs> it should be no surprise what my stance is. Cancel. <laughs> um, you know, I, there is, I, you know, immediately like cancel, but then there's also like that, you know, that, that baby Buddha in me that's like, and is there, is there, is there an explanation? Is there a reason? Is there why? Not that I don't think they shouldn't be canceled, but I'm just like, there is that part of me, right? Like the, I don't know, the sucker, I guess, of, of people having good intentions still go or maybe it's the oppression i don't know you know I ain't who knows it a um, I ain't it a i'm glad he resigned we're in we're in, we're in 2020 yeah you think that at, at this point there's no mistakes on the texting no i could see if it was like uh you know like i said if he said oh there's no been there's no been or there's not been any hood uh, you know, you hood, whatever, because sometimes the text scene, it'll get your words like instead of you saying 
good. It could put hood or, you know, something similar. Maybe but he could have said has, there hasn't been any controversial shooting. But then to put good? Heads. I mean, Damn. yeah. I, yeah. I, I also think you're a mayor of a city. Um, you might want to proofread your text. Or if you do make a mistake, you're a mayor of a city. You might want to go back and say, oops, typo. And then immediately, you know, respond to that. Perhaps he did. And we're just not getting that portion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. Do you think uh, that resignation is guilt? In the sense of like, dude's a racist or like, what do you like? What do you? Well, how we do know you, he is, you know? Yeah. So do you think that's a, a admission of guilt by resigning or I don't know. Like, I'm just like, or do you think, I mean, and, and I'm like, is it a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. He's no longer there. So if he, I mean, and he was probably doing some good because clearly some African-American folks feel real safe there. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you add in the extra stuff. Why do you got to point out African-Americans feel safe in your community? Cause you ain't got a lot of us there. What? I, I don't know. That's just too. That's just too too much, dude. Cancel. You're canceled. <laughs> Resign. Move it along. Let's get another one in. There. <laughs> and see, my point has always been: this is a person that is making policies. Yeah. This isn't just a. You're making policies that could potentially affect communities of color. Maybe there's a reason why not so many people are of color living there. Uh, you know, and maybe that's how you keep them from not moving in. You know what I'm saying? So I just cancel. 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 All right. Well, I ain't got no tolerance. Cancel. cancel. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. That's where we go. Move on. All right. Um, okay. What's your? So... This one, it's a little bit of a long article, so I'm just going to give the gist of it. Yeah. Um, so this comes from comicbook.com. Punisher creator Jerry Conway plans to reclaim Skull logo from police for Black Lives Matter. Uh, the Punisher Skull has been appropriated a lot over the years by members of law enforcement and the military. Members of both groups put the logo on their uniforms, vehicles, accessories, and even as art displayed in not just private homes, but offices as well. Recently, the logo has been spotted on police officers confronting demonstrators at protests against racism and police brutality. And now Punisher creator Gary Conway has had enough. Conway seeks to reclaim the Punisher goal as a symbol of justice not brutality so you know you know what i'm talking about right the skull show me i know the symbol yes okay oh okay i'll find an image of it so what do you think uh oh he's our guest he's our guest mr strong you know i i i'm big on optics and you know that uh the optics of that i've never thought that the optics of that have uh have looked very good you know, there was a time when, you know, police officers were known as warriors. And, you know, it was supposed to be that we were warriors against the evils in the world and that we went down those dark alleys and, you know, we we ran towards things. And that and I absolutely, absolutely believe that that, you know, um, police officers would be there. It is. Yeah, I absolutely believe that, you know that is the heart and soul of, of law enforcement in a lot of ways. However, 
within the last several years, we've been trying to get off of that warrior um, mentality. And I, and I remember, at least from what I remember, this really became a big thing after Ferguson when you had so many law enforcement out there during the riots with a lot of military appearing uh, equipment and garb. And we wanted to become known more as guardians as opposed to warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not real strong. I'm not real versed in what the Punisher did in the comics. I didn't read it. I didn't see it. I don't, if there's a movie, I probably didn't watch it. So I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you, but I do know, you know, that, that, that image and that title begs to quite, well, who are you punishing and for what? You know, and is it our job to punish um, or is it our job to uh, where that, you know, can be seen um, by people, especially as much as we've talked about oppression, mm-hmm. um, you know, throughout this throughout this uh, dialogue today. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that that would be a good thing to take that back and <laughs> put it back in the comic book. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the concept of the Punisher was this dude, he, he had his wife or family killed and uh, then he he goes after those that, you know, kind of like a what's that Bronson? Movie? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so so the, the guy's wife and kids were killed. And so he took it upon himself he's to in, go yeah, after he's in depression. Oh. You know, he's in a depressed state and then he moves into this you know, this building within all of a sudden, and I, I don't even know why, but people around in that building are, are, you know, the being bullied by the neighborhood idiots. And then he, you know, takes it upon mm. himself to, to punish, mm. you know, to save, you know, to save the people in the building mm-hmm. from being brutalized, you know? Right. Okay. So that's the, that's the concept of the Punisher. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Mr. Strong, on that. I think, uh, you know, the concept, again, is about that you're running towards something and really facing evil. And, you know, if you're wearing it at a protest where people are peaceful, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that sends a different signal. I'm going to punish you and I'm going to, you know, it's not, I'm going to allow you to, to, uh, assert your constitutional rights um, and leave, you know, and just make sure that things remain peaceful and, you know, that you're safe and everyone is safe. No, I I think that symbol also represents that we're here to punish, not necessarily to protect. Right. Again, once you give people ammunition, they are going to interpret their perceptions are going to be. So when you have this, this feeling of oppression by a certain group of people and now you're running towards them with this punisher mm-hmm. uh, symbol, then they're saying, see, you're coming to mm-hmm. punish us. Whereas absolutely, well, I think basically what you said was that the punisher was in this building to protect the citizens. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but you know, people yeah. are going to take it there. They're going to use it. They're going to exploit it to fit, you know, their agenda. Exactly. And punisher gives them too much ammo to, exploit that in a negative way, whether, you know, whatever the, whatever the reasoning or rationale behind using it is. Right. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Tori? I mean, 
I totally agree. I got... <laughs> he, he, he stole your words from I me. mean, it's like, I'm telling you, you got a little bit of social worker in you. We, we can take a break now. <laughs> One of us can go on vacation. <laughs> no, no. You guys need to stay. You know what you're doing. And, and, and I think, too, like, to me, it's like, when did this shift happen where um, you want to be a punisher, not the helper, right? Like, right. you can still use all the force that you have if you necessary but at the at the beginning it kind of like what we were saying before is that build a relationship you're not you're 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 a public servant and so what does serving the public actually mean you know um and i think that symbol sends the wrong message it sends a message right, especially if you're putting it on if you're putting it on as part of your police uniform mm -hmm. or you know something that is uh, of uh you know that holds po oh, power because mm -hmm. you know in the punisher he didn't have anything he wasn't a police he was yeah he was nobody he was just somebody you know that said enough's enough i'm not going to allow people to be terrorized um but when you put it put something like that and you're in a position of power that that's a whole another dynamic now all of a sudden like and as eric said is you know now we you are our oppressor not somebody who is here to work with us and to help protect and keep protect and serve. Have you actually uh, seen the like movies about it? Oh yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I was gonna say, how did you know so much about that? I, I haven't uh, even seen. It. I remember it. I, I I'm almost picturing the trailer, but I don't recall if I ever saw the movie. I don't think I did. Yeah, I'm I actually well because you know I like I I like that those types of movies. Oh, you like sir, superhero movies. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, and I like right, uh, the the old school kung fu. I love I love that type. All yeah. right then. So my next one. <laughs> uh, this comes from the AP News Associate Press. Came out June sixth. That's how long I've been holding on to this one. Man's hands blown off. Note reference. Note references violence against women. This is Aberdeen, Virginia, a Southwest Virginia man who blew off his hands in an apparent explosive accident has been charged in federal court after authorities say they found evidence he was making a bomb and wanted to target, quote unquote, hot cheerleaders because of his sexual frustrations. <laughs> and this, I'm not making this one up. An FBI affidavit filed Friday in federal court in Aberdeen says 23-year-old Cole Kareen of Richland showed up at a hospital Wednesday with one hand blown off, fingers blown off his second, and, and other shrapnel wounds. He told authorities he had been in a lawnmower accident, but authorities searched his property and found explosives, materials, rusty nails, pipes, and pieces of flesh. They also found parts of a scorched letter that referenced tensions, at, quote unquote, as he now approached the stage of hot cheerleaders and, quote unquote, I am not uh, and I will not be afraid of the consequences. No matter what, I, no matter what, I will be heroic. I will make a statement like Elliot Rogers. Elliot Rogers killed himself in 2014 after killing six others, including two women outside of a sorority house near Santa Barbara, California, leaving behind a manifesto that has been rallying point for online insul community insuls. 
I don't know. What's an incel? I-N-C-E-L. It's uh, that um, online community of men who think that um, women just don't want to have sex with them. And so that like it has nothing to do with them. Right. And their behavior and like their non-attractiveness that it's just like women want to kind of punish them. And so they like they're really like big into hating women and um, that kind of stuff. And they justify their the violence against yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, because oh well, she didn't. You know, I'm not I'm not good enough looking for her, so she didn't want to sleep with me. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So okay. I, I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> well, I got one thing to say. He ain't masturbating now. <laughs> it's 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 done not even himself he's done that's not true there's other ways <laughs> what what other ways um uh, there's uh, other ways to master masturbate apart from ha- use of hands pool floaties, pool floaties. <laughs> mr pool floaty guy yeah did you know about that one <laughs> never heard of it <laughs> that's because you haven't been hearing our our podcast that's why you yeah. gotta go back. You'll hear the pool floaty story. Okay, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> Basically, it was a man that was stealing pool floaties uh, as his way as uh, to keep himself from raping women. So okay, well, he was making an effort. That that's right? what we said. We said yeah. let's buy him some more pool floaties because he's keeping the ladies safe. Right, right. There you go. You know. Miss mm-hmm. Tori, what are your thoughts? Since uh, Eric was speechless, I mean, what? Do you... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I yeah. Are you that angry? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. What the only thing I say, what trauma? What trauma did he suffer? That that's what that's I'm what saying. saying. What trauma so he did he rejected? suffer? Rejected? What? I don't know. What untreated trauma <laughs> occurred? You know what it is? And I'm gonna say this, and I don't know if it's true because I'm not a dude. So, you know, in this society, unfortunately, there is, you know, beauty, and it's a degree of beauty. And if you don't, if you're not a quote unquote like a ten, say you're a one, whatever. However they rate you, but you try and you trying to go for the tens, it's, and you those chicks are looking at you or dudes or whatever, and they're looking at you like, oh, you know, you know, because just because of how we're conditioned, so you continue to get rejected, and you know, I would think that's why they had to build this community here of, you know men hating women because one they don't know how to they're not very well socialized oh yeah no i mean that's definitely how the community got to you know started was men just being rejected 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 i think the only issue i I mean not the only one of the issues i have is women get rejected all the time but we don't go decide to blow up shit like (laughs) you know so um what but what's that all about you know i mean at age what did it say he was 20 something i mean testosterone is flying through his body all over the place 
He's all pent up, I would think. You know? Or is it something deeper? I don't know. I don't know. Eric, do you, you're a man. Do you have any... Any insight from a man, from insight. one male's perspective? <laughs> I have absolutely none. You know, I, I think that anytime you have anybody doing something like that, whether it's uh, a targeted towards, you know, women cheerleaders targeted towards a church, you know, um, targeted towards any group, uh, there's something wrong. That yeah. person needs a whole lot of help. I, I don't think you can get to that point without some kind of mental instability. Um, so in, in that case, I don't know if there is any explaining it, you know, other than that he needs help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And unfortunately, our mental health system is not there for for folks. And then we can get off on a whole Well, I was going to say, let's just add the stigma in it still to this day of men seeking help. Right? Yeah. Like men men are are conditioned to buck it up, suck it up, you know. Um but the, they 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 need to process shit too, you know. And I mean therapy can take any kind of, you know, model um, I, I'm a big believer of you find your therapy how you need it, but damn, you got to talk, talk about your feelings, you know, um, we have to make it okay for men and boys to cry and be sensitive and talk about their feelings. You know? And can you imagine every single day you're looking at your hands, yeah. everything. Now you have a reminder. You have a reminder every single day. You know, uh, wow. I, I, I really have nothing to say about that one. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, Very what, unfortunate. What is our, our saying? I always screw this one up. Oh, God, you always screw uh, <laughs> What, is, what it? is it? Oh, shit. Crazy never, yeah, crazy oh, never sleeps. And the stories never end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, there's so yeah. many. And, and. For me, it's just fascinating because of this is this is the human condition, right? That we all live in. Like all of this stuff happening, even is because we're human beings, and it's just. Ugh. I mean, you could, you could go to another space around like all of this. Is that what it? What does it mean to be human beings on this planet when all of these kind of things can happen around us? From <laughs> this guy to, I mean, now a freaking pandemic. Like, <laughs> It's wild. It's wild. To the tragedy of Trump in office. It's wild. It's wild. 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 And then Eric gets like a upfront seat to a lot of the wild. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Like. Yes. A yeah. lot of the chaos. A lot of like, you know. I you, mean, would, you would be there reporting it, right? They'd be calling you to say, hey, this dude just blew off some hands and you'd have to go over there, right? Well, you know, a few years ago, yeah, I might be on that call. Well, you know, now that yeah, you've moved that, up that, in the world. Yeah, I, I have seen very similar uh, incidents. Yeah, with fingers stuck on a wall and, Ugh. you know, different things. So, yeah. How do you get through that on your first, your first time witnessing that? I remember in one of my jobs, this first dead body I ever saw, and to this day, I cannot eat chocolate pudding because that's what I had for lunch that day. 
You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because, you know, there's really other than maybe watching a video of a crime scene or something like that in the academy, there's really nothing that prepares you for that in person. Um, you know, they've tried different things, you know, where sometimes in training they may have you go to an autopsy or something like that. But um, I don't know if there is any preparing for it other than, hey, you knew this came with part of the job. You know, this is part of what you wanted to do. Suck it up. Some people, I really honestly develop a really kind of morbid sense of humor. I think that's a way of coping with it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, and I can tell you, and again, I when I say this, I'm just giving some of my experiences. You know, yeah. I, I was able to have somebody um, run a report back in, I want to say, 1997 or 1998 uh, that identified how many homicide scenes I had written a report at. And this was kind of through the district attorney's office. And I want to say it was 357. Oh, wow. Um, so those were homicides hmm. where I had actually written some form of report, whether it be like a supplemental report, the first report or anything like that. And that didn't include all of the homicide scenes that I went to that I said, Hey, you need any help? And they said, no, we got it. Mm -hmm. That didn't include suicides. That didn't include Sid's death. That didn't include mm -hmm. deaths by natural causes. That didn't include traffic accidents. Um, and by far, that was, like I said, 98 or whatever. It didn't include the rest of my career. Right. Um, and, and, and in honesty, it didn't include all the people shot, blown, stabbed, burnt that didn't die. Mm. You know, see a lot of that that survived. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you deal with something like that. I, I don't think anybody other than a mortician or maybe somebody in the military or something, a doctor, should have to see that many um, dead bodies. Yeah. But we see it. Right. You know? And I'm just one of the many officers that are out there. And some of these, I mean, imagine, you know. Well, and dead bodies, depending on how long they've been out there, you also get hit with the smells. The smells, you said? Yeah. Like oh, you also yeah. get hit with the smell, not just the visual, but the smells. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All of that goes with it, you know. Um, interesting thing for me is... And, and I don't know if I should be talking about this here, but if if I see a, family if, here. if I see a, a, a an incident, a crime scene, and somebody is honestly shot, stabbed, um, burned, whatever it is, I'm okay. Where I'm not okay is if I see somebody that died of natural causes. Hmm. I I have a hard time being in the room, looking at that person's scene because. And what I've rationalized in my many years is that if I see the trauma, I know what caused it. If mm -hmm. I don't see the trauma, I don't know what caused it. And it just, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it, it's its a very, very uncomfortable. I won't say it freaks me out, but uh, yeah, I'll be like, no, you guys go handle that one. I don't, I don't want any parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I think you, you kind of develop a... Uh, it, it just, you know, it just becomes part of the job. It just becomes yeah. part of what you experience, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes you, you get to the point where you look at it and it's like, well, you know, we just got to do what we got to do. What you do know, you, um, if I can, and you can answer or not answer, but as you were saying that the question that popped into my head for you was, what do you think that's about? Right. You can handle the homicide, the, you know, the shooting, the stabbing, 
but the natural causes, like what do you think in, in you that that's connected to that that is more troubling for you than, you know, like what's for some people would be like, well, yeah, we're all going to die. I'm just curious. Like it was going through my head. Like, what do you think that is in you that, that it's that way? You know, I don't know, but I can tell you this, that I want to say I was about nine. No, what was that? Maybe eight or nine when my grandmother died. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously she was the, the all and everything, you know, of my family. And I know that at that age, um, at the funeral, when they went to go see the viewing of the body, I would not go up there. I did not want to see her. I could see her from a distance. And I had certain cousins saying, Eric, you got to go. You know, I mean, and I had my aunt saying, no, let him stay here if he doesn't want to go. Um, that is my first experience, I guess, with some kind of death or trauma, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll never forget that. So maybe that plays into it. Mm -hmm. You know, that might have something to do with it. Um, you know, probably a couple of years later, my paternal grandmother then died and I didn't want to see the body then. And to this day, when I go to a funeral, um, if I'm not the pallbearer, when they go to do the viewing, I step out. Hmm. Uh, I don't I just don't like I just don't like seeing that. So it could be from, you know, some kind of childhood experience. But, yeah, I don't. I don't know what yeah, cause I think it'd be the opposite with me. Like I, I get grossed out. Uh, yeah, I can't. Ugh. I, it, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think like I and the person that I saw, there was no trauma to it. It was an OD. Um, but and, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, yeah, I'm OK. I'm OK. But, you know, but then it hit me afterwards. Like it was more like, ugh, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know for sure, like, there is no way that I'm going to go into seeing somebody cut in half or I, I, I couldn't do it. Like, mm. I, I, I can see that it's the yeah. other stuff. It's the other stuff that really bothered me. And, and, and especially kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, yeah. Regardless of, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. All right. Okay, on the bigger and better things. <laughs> yeah. yeah big we got deep. We got deep there. <laughs> big downer. <laughs> yeah, deep. Yeah, shake that, it out. Or shake what? it out. <laughs> Sorry. Le leave it to the therapist to take us there. Please tell me your <laughs> tell me your inner darkest secrets, Eric. <laughs> I must unpack your trauma with you. I'm having this is I'm I'm counting this towards my therapy session. You know that right? first, first session's free. <laughs> Get your hook, then you come back. Then you come back, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, I got another. Oh, okay, no, go me. ahead. I yeah, go for it. Okay, he spent. Oh, this New York Times. He spent 36 years behind bars. A fingerprint database cleared him in hours. All it took was for, t oh, this came out March 21st um, of last year, actually. All it took was for technicians in a crime lab to run the fingerprints collected at the scene of a rape through a national database. Within hours, the experts had established a match with the serial rapist. But it was last week, almost four decades after the attack on December 9th of 82, when a woman was raped and stabbed in her home in a well-to-do neighborhood in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A different man, Archie Williams, went to prison for the crime, even though it was known at the trial that the fingerprints were not his. Mm. 
On Thursday, Mr. Williams was released from the Louisiana State Penitentiary after serving 36 years. What? At East Baton Rouge Parish, uh, Hillier C. Moore III said in court, as a representative of the state, I apologize. I guess that's all right. Uh, Mr. Williams case highlights the gaps in the body of legislation that has been passed to protect against wrongful convictions, particularly as DNA science grows more sophisticated in all 50 states. Those who have been convicted can, with a judge's permission, run DNA evidence through a national database, sometimes yielding a hit on someone else. The same is true of the national fingerprint database. Mr. Williams first requested that, Uh, the fingerprints be run against the national database in 99, but prosecutors opposed the Mm. move and there was no statute entitling him to do so. Mm. About four out of five exonerations are achieved without DNA evidence. Uh, Oh, wait. Yeah. About four out of five exonerations are achieved without DNA evidence, according to the national registry of exonerations. Yet only a handful of states allow post-conviction access to uh, the fingerprint database, much less account for emerging te- technologies such as facial recognition, on and on and on. So it goes, you know, it goes more into his story. But the biggest story is 36 years of his life. Mm. Is there a picture? Um, well, should, do do I got to show you a picture, Mr. Strong? Are you, are you, trying, <laughs> I, I are you just, trying? to... I'm just asking, you know, for verification purposes. No, hey, okay. he's a he's a. A man of the law. He has to gain right. get all the evidence. There. Oh, wait a minute. I would have never guessed. <laughs> what? Are you serious? No. I, I guess based on the picture, it looks like he's black. Yes. Okay. All right. You know, yeah. I, I would say that. Baton Rouge, this, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, exactly. You know, I'll tell you this. This is something that I have a real problem with. And we talked about this oppressive society, the systemic racism. And again, I do believe that police are an easy target. They are out there in the public. They're in they're, they're enforcing the laws. But I truly believe that a much bigger problem is the judicial system behind that. Um, and I'm going to say this and, you know, Ahmad Avery shot and killed district attorney said they did nothing wrong initially was going to let them go until now the video comes out and there's a public now you're an attorney you're the district attorney you're going to tell me you don't know the private person arrest statute you don't know the stand your ground you don't know a reasonable care of you know of uh you know exercising a reasonable uh God, I mean, I, I get so flustered at this because bottom line is if you can come and file charges after the video goes public, you could have filed charges the day it happened. Mm, yeah. I have a huge, huge problem with this. I have a very good friend, a very good friend and a mentor of mine. He worked homicide for a lot of years. And I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this. I won't say his name. But 20 years ago, he um, worked on a case. And maybe a year after the case, year and a half, and I'm, uh, I, if I got some of the facts wrong, forgive me, but not too long after the case, uh, he found some additional evidence 
that cleared the person that was arrested and convicted. Mm -hmm. He wrote a declaration. He submitted that declaration to the district attorney's office. That declaration did not move from the file that the DA put it in until 20 years later when Project Innocence got involved. No. And when Project Innocence got involved, they brought him in and did a deposition. And the only thing that said he, he, he submitted a declaration with new evidence 20 years ago. So why was it not looked at? This right here, why is it that if you're suspected of uh, uh, a violent crime or something yeah. like this, why is it that you cannot get, if you know you're innocent, why do I have to fight to run a DNA to run DNA? DNA. Right. Yeah, this right and, here. And to me, it's like, what does it cost the prosecutor to say, yeah, go ahead. I want right to know the here, truth. Go ahead. This right here bothers me to no end. You know, and, um, you know, I, I have a family member who was, uh, uh, had a boyfriend. She went, you know, to high school with him, prom, and he did a lot of years in prison that he was wrongly convicted and they eventually got out. They got married, you know, and so forth. But, you know, um, this is the true systemic, one of mm -hmm. the big spokes in that wheel that we talked about earlier. This is not one of those little skinny mm -hmm. spokes. To me, this right here bothers me because I have to ask the question, if this man was of a different race, mm. would he have been convicted? If you knew at the time of the trial there were fingerprints and the fingerprints were not here, District Attorney, why did you proceed with that case? Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. I didn't review the evidence. I didn't hear the jury instructions. But you look at incidents like the, the documentary, When They See Us, mm -hmm. you know, um, when you look at things like this and you see this happening repeatedly over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to tell on myself, and again, I'm that person that will be vocal about something. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I told you I worked internal affairs. Part of my duties as internal affairs would be to monitor criminal cases against police officers or, you know, people on the department. If you go to the uh, JCID division of the DA's office, do you know what that is? Um, I think it's I think it's called the. Oh, I'd have to look it up, but it's, it has to do with it's the unit that reviews criminal charges against law enforcement. When a law enforcement officer, I want to say it's the justice system integrity division that's what it's called mm -hmm. i know of a case with a criminal charge where it had dna evidence that sat on a jason desk for over a year and a half mm. dna evidence now am i one to say hey let's 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 crucify the police absolutely not but wrong is wrong right is right why is that case sitting on that desk for a year and a half mm. To me, that is a huge, huge problem. I'm sorry, you kind of got me fired up on that one. When we see the data, the statistics, everything. Right. And, well, and, and you know what we call it is the new Jim Crow. And you might even say, Mass like you said, out of 500, you may say out of 500, how many? And I may say, you know what, out of 5,000, there's one. But that's okay. Because right. there's a lot of five thousands. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we got millions mm -hmm. or thousands of people. So why is it that, you know, if somebody presents it, you don't if, if you can clear a free person, 
the problem that I have with that is that means that the person that did it is still out there. Yeah. If you're okay convicting the wrong person. It was connected to a serial rapist. Yes. That means how many rapes did that yeah. person get to continue to commit? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. After that, because you didn't get the right person. And right. it's so interesting. I, I swear, I talked to one of my buddies last night. We talked about this. And, you know, kind of the concept was, you know, back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, when black men were getting lynched, they didn't even get a fair trial, mm-hmm. you know, or they were being convicted to quell the, you know, the outrage mm-hmm. of, you know, a, a white person or somebody getting, you know, assaulted, robbed or whatever. I almost feel bad in saying this, but I would say, OK, even if you got the wrong person, right, even if you got the wrong person and you kind of know it's the wrong person or matter of fact, you absolutely do know it's you, you absolutely know it's the wrong person. Even if you presented that person to kind of quell the outrage, why wouldn't you as a law enforcement officer or a district attorney, somebody say, hey, behind the scenes, you need to continue working this case and make sure we find the right, mm-hmm. the right person. Mm-hmm. I said white. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how many times may that be the case? Maybe they didn't. Maybe that was a person of some uh, uh, of some stature in the community. And, you know, it was covered up and we made some uh, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bingo. So anyway, <laughs> rapist. I think you I think you got my I think you got my opinion on that one. Right. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got you all fired up. See, that's why I told you you were out there. Yeah, I just finished the or it was two hours. Like, yes. Yeah, two hours because we could go for forever talking <laughs> about this kind of crap and injustice. Yes. That's, this is just. I mean, and and I think about this, too, because it's, you know, again, we're talking about 1982 uh, when mass incarceration was picking up. Okay, and then we're also looking at a well to do neighborhood, which tells you what the color of the victim is. Mm -hmm. The problem I have with this is I think you said the first request for fingerprint analysis was 1998. Ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Why did it take 20 years? Yeah. Yeah, if, that's my thing, too, is like, don't you, reject, if yeah, you had it at the time. Said, yeah, we're not going to do it. Yeah, because, like, because here's my enter thing. every evidence that you have. Like, because here's my thing. If you know that your case is sound, you're like, yeah, give me the fingerprints. Let me show you. Yeah, we got the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bam. Anything else? Any other questions? Mm-hmm. But if you suppress that, if you hide it, if you put it in a file and you never come back to visit it, you're sending a different message mm-hmm. like hey, we don't want to reopen this because there might be something might get exposed because mm-hmm. that judge who you know who tried that case who was it and now he's a judge what you knew i mean i don't know i don't know if it is but you know how it is you moving up in the job so by 1999 uh why am I going to be like showing saying, oh, yeah, I, it, it was my boss that did it. My boss now has the authority to say yes or no. I don't know. I'm just, you know, but I'm saying that's how people get promoted up. That they was one like, of the um, don't like the dirty laundry coming out. One of the that show, the Netflix, the it's about the Innocence Project. Yeah. Um, there was a case just exactly that. Everybody withheld it. So it did, you know, and then the guy became a judge and exactly what you're saying. And I mean, I like what Eric's saying is that if you have the fucking evidence right there, just test it, show it, prove it. 
Like yeah. why other years. other than you have a different motive of you want to see this black man locked up no matter what because right. you're racist. Right. There's no I'd, value. I'd be, uh, I'd be interested to see who the serial race rapist was. Well, we know. Oh, we do. Can I do throw out an article? No, no, no. I'm yes. just saying. Okay, because we we do these. We do. You know, what are the racial profiles? That's why I did police. Seventy-seven percent or white. What is the racial profiling of serial rapists? Oh, you by statistics, he was probably uh, white. Yeah. Yes. Statistically yeah. speaking, yeah. Well, I'm not going to stereotype serial rapists and. <laughs> <laughs> so can i throw out a quick article please yes so i i have i will preface it this that this was sent to me um from facebook i do not know the um but it, it is a video and there's some um, a word that goes with it and i'll read it it's pretty it's pretty short um there's a man an elderly i'll kind of describe the video there's an elderly white male he probably looks like he's in his 70s and here's what the article says. That man tearing down Black Lives Matter signs, and you can see him tearing down signs off of a uh, off of a thing, and he verbally, who then boldly declares in his own words that black lives don't matter to him, is Michael Hinkle. For a generation, he has been the supervisor of family court in Philadelphia, primarily overseeing cases of black families each and every day. He just got fired for this, but imagine the man overseeing family court in Philly for decades. Um, it keeps scrolling. For decades has been this man. How much evil and oppression has this man overseen? Um, so that's the yep. question. I saw it. Posed. I saw that you video. Saw I saw the video. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like the cast for kid. I think, uh, I think, bye, Felicia. About I, damn time. I think, I think more than that. I think lawsuit. I think they need to go through his uh, you know all the decisions that he yep, made yeah because here we've talked about you know there was this one article where this uh doctor who's helping covid patients and she loses custody because her ex-husband is saying hey because of her job she could potentially infect our kid with covid and we're like this is the first time ever where now because a woman has a job like this now she's losing custody this because he probably had a judge like this dude. Like, oh, you ladies need to stay at home and not, you know, and not be working. You need to be taking care of your kids. The, it's the same type of oppression. This, oh, I, I don't, don't even get me started. Yeah, what I do you do with that, though? What do, you, what do you do with all of the families for decades right? who have been impacted mm. and whose kids are now grown mm -hmm. that who knows what relationship they have or don't have, yep. who knows what situations they've been put in, who knows if they've been put in foster care, didn't need to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you repair that? And how I'm many of sorry. those were families of color? Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all they say. I'm yeah. sorry. We what? didn't know. We, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. And that should take care of it all. And and then they tell you, forget your past. It's in the past. Let's move forward with the present. Bullshit. You can't forget the past. Because your past is, today. The past is who, who you are today because of your past. Whether it's resilient, whether it's traumatized, whether whatever it is. You can't forget the past 
And you can't ask people to forget their past because you don't forget your past. Mm -hmm. You see these Confederate flags flying all over the place. These white folks foaming at the mouth because, you know, NASCAR is saying we ain't going to do it. They foaming at the mouth because that flag is coming down. It, just, it because their past is important, but no, not not your past, boo. Your your past isn't important. Move it along. Don't worry about it. You weren't a slave. You weren't oppressed. You know, move it along. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, bye, dude. Disgusting. Disgusting. There should be some. There should be some kind of criminal charges. They look at they throw criminal charges at us all the time. So. They can find something. I'm sure they can. They will find a case where he total miscarriage of justice. Mm-hmm. Find mm. a find a case where he diddled a kid or something like that. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> it's probably out there. It's probably out there. There's oh. some kind of connection you could tell. Like who was the other yeah. judge that was uh, getting bribes to send uh, young kids of color into the. Uh, you know, that private. Oh, in Pennsylvania. Tip. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. The judge, the cash for kids. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was straight up getting money for it. Stuff. Like this guy, this guy just doing it for the racism. That guy's doing it for know. the money and the racism. We don't. Well, that's we true. Don't we don't know. We don't know. They haven't investigated <laughs> further, but I bet you, you dig a couple, you know, inches down and you'll start seeing exactly what was going on. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. No, see, now you got me started now. That's a whole nother episode. Well, we got it. It's almost, uh, it's really late. Okay. Yeah, we made you miss your workout, but we thank you yeah. for being here. Well, you got a, you got a, a cardio workout, you know, because there was moments in this, in this segment where you were like breathing heavy. So oh, that was I, I kind of got a little elevated heart oh, rate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, and you got a mental workout. We allowed you yeah, to work your did. mental. Yeah. That I did. And that's just as important. It absolutely is. Yeah. And as I, I like told it. Stefan, you can, you can now scratch this off your bucket list. <laughs> that, you know, you, you were on What Do You Bring to the Table podcast. I've done it. Yep. <laughs> so now you guys are even. Okay. All right. Now it's the next challenge. Now it's the next challenge. Well, yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us this whole amount of time. You can yeah. come back anytime. Just hit me up on the email. Be like, Tori, I got something to talk about. You're welcome at our table anytime. For well, sure. I, I, I truly appreciate that. And thank you guys for having uh, the confidence in, in me to, to sit with you and talk. And if you ever need somebody to, you know, give you a perspective on it, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, how to get in touch with me. But you know, I do want to close with just saying, again, um, we need to look at individuals for who they are, regardless of their color, their gender, their sexual orientation, their religion, all across the board. We need to look at people for what they give to us individually. Mm-hmm. And and I want to take this moment, and, I, and like I said, I see unequivocally, without a doubt, the misdeeds, the wrongdoings, the um, the things that have put law enforcement in the position that we are right now. But I will say uh, I am very proud to be a part of this profession and I want to thank the tens of thousands of, of, of good, strong men and women out there that put on this uniform every day because I look at it like this. There's somebody out there 
in another jurisdiction, maybe in another state that's protecting my family. There's somebody out there that's going to respond to my family when there's a crisis and, you know, when they're in need. And, and, and I know that the vast majority of us are, are, are doing an honorable job. Um, it's a tough job. You know, it's hard having a target on your back day in and day out. It, it really is. You know, uh, somebody said to me not that long ago that, you know, well, that's what you guys get paid for. You get paid, you know, in other words, when, when we are having the discussion about, hey, I want to go home at night, too. They right. said, well, that's what you get paid for to, to get shot or die. I said, does a pilot get paid to crash a plane? Right. No, they don't. It may be an inherent risk of the job. Um so I just want to say thank you mm-hmm. to all of the uh, all of the public safety people and even, you know, probation and everybody that are out there doing a fabulous job. And I don't want to miss that because uh, because they are. But we got a long road ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, mm-hmm. I hope I hope we get there. Yeah. Well, and I have confidence, sir, that you are part of those conversations that you are sharing uh, not only the, you know, the good, the bad uh, that. You know you're representing uh, you're representing your agency really well. The fact that you're you know that you're talking and you're sharing and you're uh, you know I did see that police union guy. I can't was that Minneapolis? I don't even remember where he was. I just wanted to throw my shoe at him as he's talking because I'm just like you know what? Oh anyway. Anyway, you're trying to get another episode started. I, did, I know. We're I trying to wrap this up. And this you're like, so I, I, I want to end off on thank you positive. for doing a, a positive job and, you know, staying focused on being positive and working and, and doing the hard work because it really is. It is really hard work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for, for being here. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. All right. Until next time. Next time. Nos vemos. Adios. Daisy, Daisy, what's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy?